Great. Great. Hi, everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic, largely to entertain myself, talk to my friends, and learn something along the way. Today, my guest is Kathleen Prasard, and I have not met her before, so this is going to be really fun. This week, I have some guests that I actually don't know, and that's really fun because it's, uh, I never know what's going to happen or what we're going to talk about. So, um, Let's see. Oh, so some people are going through the different levels in Reiki. I asked them to put it in the chat. That's great. So, um, Kathleen, please give us, like, like, how did you get into Reiki and what's your background in this? Yeah, thank you. First of all, Wendy, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm like, I'm super excited to be here because I love horses so much and also <laughs> because um, I love to share Reiki, which is kind of my life's work really accidentally, but here I am. <laughs> um, I uh, have um, a, an educational company called Animal Reiki Source, and I train people in Animal Reiki. And I also have a nonprofit, Shelter Animal Reiki Association. And we are worldwide and we um, share Reiki. We volunteer Reiki in shelters and sanctuaries, and we also train staff and volunteers in shelters to do this with the animals in their care. So have you had horses as a child? So, um, no, I took lessons as a child. Mm -hmm. And when I grew up, I saved my money and finally got my first horse when I was about 28 or 29. Oh, good for um, you. And um, have been just horsey, horsey, horsey. <laughs> all, you, have, you have horses now. I had two horses. My old guy passed away um, almost two years ago. And, um, and then so I have, I have one horse now. I have a paint, Kodiak. And um, we do, we just do trail and we also take dressage lessons and um, we just have a lot of fun together. He's very Great. spoiled. So, so how did you dis discover or how did you find out about Reiki? I mean, like, so, yeah, it was kind of an accident back in 1998. So I've been actually doing Reiki for 22 years and I originally found it through my mother-in-law and she was really excited because she'd gotten a, a session, a treatment, and she's like, oh, you have to try this. And I was like, that sounds weird, but you know, I have to humor her because she's my mother-in-law. So I, I went and got a treatment and I found it so relaxing and, and it filled me with so much well-being. I was like, oh my God, I have to learn this because I had grown up since I was about three or four, as long as I can remember. Um, having severe panic attacks and like severe anxiety disorder and just growing up with that and my world Ever becoming since you were really little like yes yes and and my I'm, I'm an empath as well so I think a lot of that made it little I'm just highly sensitive to my environment to other people's emotions so it was kind of difficult growing up with that sensitivity and I think that kind of turned into anxiety around large crowds and crowded places so I would just avoid stuff, but, but then with Reiki, I felt a relief, like a deep relief inside of me and, and like a grounding and like a, a peace that I hadn't felt ever. I, so think. I don't want to ask you how old you are, but it sounds like you spent a lot of years kind of dealing with that anxiety and not really having a good solution to it, but I'm sure your horses helped. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Animals got me through my life. Animals have always been my best friends. And as I said, I took lessons um, from when I was like probably in fifth and sixth grade, kind of all the way through high school. And then I kind of 
didn't ride much until I, you know, I became a teacher, a middle school teacher, and then I saved up my, I worked every summer and I saved up my money so that I could get a horse, you know, at some point in my adult life. Um, and so that is how horses came back into my life. And Reiki came into my life for human Reiki, for my own anxiety. But the animals, like my horse, I would, at the time I was sponsoring a horse, um, and also my dog that lived with me, my sister's guinea pig, um, they were so like drawn to Reiki. I was absolutely fascinated and I, I kind of accidentally kind of melded my love of animals and just being with them with Reiki, this amazingly peaceful Okay, so so we have to, for those who have never heard of it, can you give us a really uh, succinct definition of Reiki? Reiki means spiritual energy, and it refers to like the energy that quantum physicists talk about, the energy that everything is made up of, but we practice it as a system, like a spiritual practice, and so we learn certain techniques um, to, um, I guess you'd say, bring out our spiritual energy or, or um, learn how to shine that beautiful essence or that spiritual energy in the world. So it's, it's really a spiritual practice, but when we practice Reiki for ourselves, it, it shines outward, it radiates from us, and animals are so sensitive, and so they feel that, and they're drawn to it. So for me, it's really um, peacefulness compassion, like almost like um, bringing out your highest potential as a human being, you know, living with kindness, living with gratitude, living with compassion, living in balance, you know? So, you know, I know some people when they heard the, hear the word spiritual and they hear the word energy, they get all freaked out because, you know, we <laughs> have so many, it's true, right? It's true. We, but, but it's because we have so many connotations around those words right. and you know I find for me I really like to bring it back like you said to quantum physics like energy is actually a measurable thing um, it's it's a uh, I mean there's an electromagnetic field so it's it's not some mystery thing we can actually measure the energy field of the human body um, and yeah. that has been done um, and um, as a scientist, I'm a, I have a master's degree in equine reproductive physiology, which has nothing to do with really what I do now. <laughs> but, um, you know, as a scientist, like uh, I did, a, I studied a lot of chemistry and, um, and bio, biochemistry. And so you're, you know, you start to learn about atoms and atoms have a nucleus and they have electrons and these electrons travel around it and they create a field. And so, so when we, and, and then the other way to think about energy for me is the simple way of, you know, like you turn on a light and something turns it on. It's, um, and that's, uh, you know, energy. Um, so and the idea is energy in our bodies, like our sort of um, natural space is um, balanced. And then we get out of balance through stress, getting exposed to, you know, illness or having, um, you know, a disease or, or even being stressed, right? And right. our body, you know, goes into like the fight or flight stress response or we're in that rest and digest, you know, calm. And so they've done studies that show that Reiki activates the parasympathetic response or your relaxation response in your body. So um, when we 
create that, those conditions in our bodies, then everything heals, right? You're in the Absolutely. optimal yeah. for healing. We've had a lot of conversations on these webinars about the parasympathetic, uh, talking about the vagal response and mm -hmm. also just the, the neurologic system. So, so they have done studies to show that it, it switches you to parasympathetic. Yes, and so that's what we know Reiki does. Like beyond that, I can tell you a lot of things I've seen. <laughs> but right. I think that that um, creates trust, um, which can heal, you know, um, trauma from past abuse. Well, and and you know, there's a lot of validation to that because again, if we go back to looking at the vagal nerve system, which is, am I safe? Right. That's its number one question, and we I've had about four webinars on that. And we look at, you know, we we need some sympathetic so we can act but we need the parasympathetic also. And it's this nice little sine wave balance. Um, and so this is really interesting that you're talking about the parasympathetic system because we know that that's so necessary for us to be able to live a, if you will, a, a life where we're wired for connection and not into the protection that you talk about with like stress and PTSD. Because, you know, one thing about COVID, is it's and I've said this a few times, but COVID has given us the opportunity to understand how horses feel all the time. <laughs> you know, like in that very more alert state of am I safe? Is this okay? What's going over that? Does that person have a mask? Are 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 you infected? Are you okay? Are you gonna give my space or you're gonna crowd me? And this is what horses experience. So so Reiki sounds like a way that we can uh, help ourselves and our animals be more in that parasympathetic especially during this time of, of stress that we're all experiencing. Yes, absolutely. So it's like indirectly, it's like um, supporting our immune system. It's supporting, you know, oh, every, yeah. it's supporting our nervous system. It's supporting our digestive system. It's supporting everything indirectly because it is creating the, these conditions that are conducive to our bodies, minds, and spirits working in harmony, which is really our natural state when we're not being pulled off it, you know, through our stressors in our, in our lives, you know? So I think um, how, how I really first connected with animal Reiki was in the shelters because I was walking dogs twice a week at our local animal shelter. And imagine the stress, right? You've been in an animal shelter and the dogs are barking and they come from all kinds of traumas and abuse and neglect and just you see it all there they come in with all kinds of conditions um, and to see the profound change that they experienced in you know a reiki session was it like gave my life this purpose that i just was like oh my god because you know i spent my whole life being anxious and traumatized and here i was able to go into a traumatic situation and create peace and I'm like, oh my God, this is my life's purpose. Like I know exactly how these animals feel and I know exactly how to help them right now. And it can happen like this. And you know, so, you, you bring know. up such a great point. And I think this is, you know, when I talk to a lot of my guests, it's, it's our life experience that was our challenge that becomes our greatest gift. Like, you know, uh, how many years, 1984, that's a long time ago. You know, I had a horse flip over on me and break my hip socket. He punched the femur through the socket and bruised mm. two inches of the sciatic nerve, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, wow. and it took me a lot to, but it was that moment that led me to so many things to be where I am now. And it sounds like for you, it's so cool. I, I mean, cool 
it's that you're able to take your life experience of anxiety so that you can relate to and understand what these dogs in shelters are going through. And I think that's so like, like I tell people all the time, I've never had a baby. And when somebody wants to talk to me about babies, I am, I am like baby phobic. Um, <laughs> I've held one once in my entire life and that's it. I'm, um, but if you tell me, oh, I broke my neck yesterday and I'm going to have surgery and I might, you know, I mangled my, I'm like, yeah, cool. Because I can so relate. And it, and I think that this is where we can take what we think of as our weaknesses and make them our greatest strengths. And that sounds like what you've done with your experience of taking what appears to be the weakness of your anxiety and, and sensitivities and be able to go into shelters and then offer something to you. I think that's marvelous. Well, and ultimately that's the gift of, that Reiki offers us because Reiki is ultimately a meditation practice and it is centers around mindfulness and presence, like open-hearted, compassionate presence without judgment, like holding space. Um, and we can only really do that if we've been somewhere really <laughs> difficult and we know what that's like. And because most of the time when, you know, if we're faced with a challenge or something difficult or for you, you know, children, then you run, right? You're like, oh my God, I can't deal with this. So I'm going to run or I'm going to try, if it's a problem, I'm going to try to fix it. Right. And so Reiki ultimately is showing us how that our greatest healing power as human beings is just being we are a human being yeah, exactly. and being with with another whether it's an animal or a person ultimately but but just offering our presence and just just being there with them through you know, that you it's know? so interesting because we get so caught up in the doing mm -hmm. you know and um and our lives are revolved around all that you know what do you do we you meet somebody what do you do right not who are you what do you do and it's so insidious in our culture especially the american culture um that it's it's what we do that seems to give us worth as opposed to that we are that we simply ex are here and um and that has value so so let me kind of um when you talk about spiritual can you give us a definition that is not to woo woo so to me like there's no dogma in reiki so there's no like spirit guides or, um, you know, there's no religious affiliation. There's no, you know, it's, it's very, um, for me, it's, um, well, I'll bring it back to the central teachings of Reiki, which are the Reiki precepts, which okay. are for today only, do not anger, do not worry, be grateful, work diligently, be kind to others. So if we follow these, it's not easy. <laughs> no, but I can, can you say them again? And I'm going to type them in the chat. Do not anger for today only. Do not anger. Do not worry. Be grateful. Oh, oh, hang on. My typos. Work diligently. Be kind to others. You know, this is like, um, we should all be right yeah but i mean it's you know what does it take to get there and that's where the system of reiki has like a lot of breathing techniques we have a lot of uh, mental focus techniques that bring us back we have a hand hand um you know healing that we do more mostly with people although with horses as well if they if they choose it um 
hands being the instruments of compassion in this case. Oh, that's lovely. Um, so really just, um, to me, the spiritual being is the being that lives in that space of the precepts, that lives in that space of balance, of kindness, of compassion, of gratitude. Like, just imagine if we could always let go of our anger and our worry and be just, oh, I'm so grateful in this moment and I'm just doing kindness everywhere I go. Like, imagine what the world would be like. Imagine what horses' experiences would be like if everybody was like that, right? Yeah, and, and but you know, on the other side of it, I'm just gonna play a little devil's advocate is that we are human and we do have these other emotions and they do come out. So, you know, like I would, I, I, sometimes I lose it, <laughs> you know? I mean, I get on a phone call with a service guy that's supposed to have fixed some problem that I can't fix and it's like <laughs> in this black hole and I can't do it and I just lose it. Um, and I, I think, um, be kind to others should include be kind to ourselves. Absolutely. And I mean, there are some versions that say be compassionate to yourself and others. There's, so there's different versions of it that include that actually. But I think really it's not about being perfect. It's about being mindful. So like when I become angry, I notice, wow, I'm really angry right now. Whereas what do we usually do? We just react and then maybe we're angry for weeks or months or years and we're burying heavily that anger and it starts to make us sick. You know what I mean? For same sure. with, same with worry. So I think, you know, um, seeing that worry and anger as it comes through and letting it go is, is sort of the, the, where the mindfulness comes in. That doesn't mean we don't get angry and worried anymore, but we realize, wow, if I really hold on to that and I dig into it, this is going to be very unhealthy for me. So I notice, wow, I'm, I'm really angry right now. And then I practice, you know, letting it go. <laughs> and, and you mentioned the word meditation because I've, I've done uh, Vipassana meditation. I don't know if you're f familiar with Vipassana. Um, I've heard of it. Nine days in silence. And if anybody knows me, the idea of doing nine days in silence, they probably think it's crazy. Um, but I was so uh, um, at, at peace with that whole idea of not talking to anyone. Um, mm. But it was, and one of the principles of Vipassana meditation was to allow your thoughts to go through without what they called cravings or aversions, without trying to hold on to it or try to kick it away and just notice it kind of like a river flowing by. Yes. Um, and what you're describing sounds very much to me uh, similar in, in when we look at sort of the underpinnings of so many uh, concepts, so many different ideas, they come back to these principles, that these are sort of archetypal principles that we can find um, in, in many, many different disciplines and concepts and teachings. And so to me, I guess that all of those, it's nurturing our spirit. And you know, what is, what is that spirit? Everybody will have a different definition of what it is. The way that I, I like to see it as, it's like my essence. It's like my inner essence. So, you know, maybe when I look in the mirror, I looked a certain way when I was a baby. And then when I was five, I looked different. And then when I was 20, I looked different. And now I look older, but it's still me mm -hmm. like that, that essence. And I believe, you know, when we pass away that our energy continues, it just leaves the physical, but that essence, you know, nothing is created or destroyed. It just changes form. Right. Right. So that, that to me is that to me is spirit but i think in our human culture we 
we crush our spirit in a way. We crush it with stress. We crush it with fear, with expectation. We build walls around ourselves. We wear masks. And all of this is very stifling and unhealthy for our spirit. And so when we can peel back those layers and take off the mask and just shine this beautiful inner light that is, you know, really us at our highest and best self, you know, and that think, to me is yeah. what Reiki, that's what Reiki brings. It's, it's so much easier to see that with animals, isn't it? Because they don't have, they don't have the frontal lobe that layers on all this other stuff. And I think that's probably why so many people um, love being around it. like my cats. They're, you know, they're ridiculous and they're crazy and they're running our lives. There's the two of them. Um, but they're, they are who they are. There's no couching. There's no cover. There's no pretend. They just are crazy cats. Um, and so I think that's probably a lot why we're attracted to animals because there isn't the facade. There isn't. It's the so refreshing. It's yeah. so refreshing, isn't it? And I think for me, that's why Reiki became so real in my life because I'm so, in a way, I'm so suspicious of humans. And if I would do Reiki for a person and they'd be like, oh, that was amazing. I'd be like, yeah, yeah was it? Because maybe you're just humoring me or I, you know, are you making this up? Like, are you convincing yourself? You know what I mean? But I always felt like when I was with animals, when I was with my horse or when I was with the dogs in the shelter, that, you know, it just was what it was. And that was so powerful to me that it, it really took over my, my life. And so I've been doing this full time since 2004. So, so 98 was when you first had your first session and then you started to train. So who did you train with? I've trained over the years with four different teachers. My original teacher who brought me to Reiki, who gave me my first treatment, who taught me my first classes, is a woman named Martha Lucas in Denver, Colorado. And she's actually an acupuncturist by trade, but she also is a, is a Reiki teacher. And then I taught with a, a woman here um, locally in the Oakland area, uh, Meg Sullivan, and I learned um, with the Reiki Alliance lineage, which is um, from... Um, one of the main leaders in the world of Reiki, um, Mrs. Takata, who brought Reiki from Japan to the United States. Um, so I studied with her for several years. And then I studied with um, Franz Stina of the International House of Reiki. And then most recently, I have a Japanese teacher, Hyakuten Inamoto, who has a Reiki school called Komio Reiki Do. And so I'm very um, blessed to have been able to pilgrimage to Japan last year and walk with him to the center of where Reiki began and visit Usui's grave. Usui's the person who started Reiki back in the early 1900s. And so I kind of have gone international with my That's Reiki cool. journey at this point. So I have done hundreds of hours of human Reiki training over the last 22 years. And I'm just, I'm really blessed. All of my teachers are, you know, have brought so much to me, but I also count among my teachers, the animals. Oh, and okay. often, horses have been such amazing teachers to me. And so my, I call my teachings the let animals lead method of animal Reiki because what I learned very quickly was that as much as we try to understand energy, which is to me a very, just a subtle way of communicating in, you know, in the, in the world, animals just get it better than we do. So best thing we can do is listen and learn from them. And so, um, so, so much of what I teach now is really lessons that animals taught me, lessons about listening, 
lessons about being patient, lessons about letting go of control, you know, and just really allowing the animals to kind of come forward in their own way. And the, these are all just, um, to me, so it's, I'm so grateful for those animal teachers over so many years. Absolutely. So, but you've piqued my interest about how Reiki got started. So yeah. obviously it was, do you speak Japanese? No. <laughs> okay, so that's, see, I don't speak any foreign languages, so that would be my concern. But, okay, so so tell us where Reiki got started. Who started it and how so, did that a man named Mikao Usui in Japan actually started Reiki. And he actually um, didn't start Reiki until in his 60s, later in life. And he, um, he was a very spiritual person and studied a lot of different things. Um, but he never quite found like his purpose, his meaning in life. And so one day he decided to walk up to um, Mount Karama and meditate for 21 days. And he's like, I am going to find the purpose of my life or die trying. <laughs> he's like, this is my, I'm doing this. And so he fasted and he meditated for 21 days in the forest. And I was able to go up there and meditate up there as well last year, which was amazing. So beautiful up there. Um, and so he had an enlightenment experience on the, on the last day, on the final day where he, he understood that we're all one, that we're all connected. And, you know, these Reiki precepts came to him like as like truth, like this is truth. And so he walked down the mountain and he opened a clinic and he started helping people, people that were sick, people that, you know, were in pain, people that were suffering. And he started traveling around Japan teaching people. So ultimately it was a, a spiritual practice to remember your oneness or your connection to all beings. Um, but in doing that, in searching and, and digging deep to find that connection that we have with the universe and with nature and with the earth, you know what happens? You heal. You heal. Your body heals, your mind heals, your spirit heals. It's a very healing, beautiful journey. And so um, that's why we see it now in the United States as a healing practice. And now in here in the United States for people, it's very much a hands-on healing modality, like a hands-on energy therapy. Right. But the way that I practice it with animals is more in line with how Usui practiced it as a spiritual practice um, because animals don't often see hands as something healing. They see them as dangerous. They see them as, you know, something bad happened to them. Um, and also because of the wisdom I talked about, animals have so much wisdom and understanding. Um, and so we can't just go in to a Reiki session and go, I'm here to heal you. Let's go. And the animal's like, uh, are you familiar with Jill Bolte Taylor at all? No. Oh, okay. Jill Bolte Taylor is a neuroscientist and she had a massive stroke. She's written a book. It's called my stroke of insight. And, and why I'm bringing this up is, that she, it was a golf ball size bleed on the left side of her brain. And as she was going through the stroke, she was trying to call for help. But the thing that was so fascinating was that it was on the side of her brain that recognized self. And so she kept flipping back between, I need to get help and we're all one. And it, it, uh, she does a TED talk. And if you ever get the chance, just go to the TED talks and put in Jill Bolte Taylor because it'll make you cry. It's so powerful because she totally recovered. But her experience, I think that this is where animals are so much simpler. 
um, because animals don't have the sort of the sense of I that people have. And it's that sense of I that you're talking about to me or the how I hear it is the part where we, we get into the doing and that who I am and what I have to do and this and this. But when we get to the place either through meditation or Reiki or whatever calls us where we recognize that it's we that's that is the power that is the magic that we're not individual and and um unique but we are all connected and i just love how you've said that because that just brought that back to me that memory of her and mm. animals like you say um are are simpler and the minute we drop that ego that i am going to and that how are you um i think that's so so powerful and important to remember yeah absolutely they that's what another reason why they have to lead us there because they they already know this and we need to learn it from them but if we can create that re receptive space through our reiki meditation that they can step into and share that it's like a partnership when an animal joins a reiki session we all heal we all go deeper into that sense of connectedness like it doesn't matter that you're a horse and i'm a person like we are here together and this this deep sense of peace enfolds all of us and it's it's so beautiful you know and i, I don't think you have to do reiki to find that with horses because they'll draw you in so, you know i know so many people i have a, a good friend um she suffered from severe depression and her horse healed her of that. Just going out on the trails every day with her horse, um, he healed, literally healed her of that. Yeah. So horses, they, their, their energy, their presence, you know, they're already so healing. So, you know, I always think the least I can do as a human being is try to be my best, try to be at my best, at my most present, at my most grateful and most compassionate and kind when I'm with my animals. And that to me is what Reiki brings to my life. So it, it seems to me, uh, um, from my from what I understand of Reiki, is that you're essentially holding ho honing um, the natural life force that we all have, and it's a question just like anything of developing a skill mm -hmm. that so many people say, "Oh, I can't do that," but in fact, they probably already are, um, and that's where the ego gets in the way that we think, "Oh, I can't." right but that's what that is so tell me if i'm i'm wrong here but it sounds to me like reiki is simply harnessing and honing and developing the skill that we innately have yeah absolutely reiki is nothing separate from us it is not some power that if you take a class i'll give you this new power it's really uncovering that beautiful essence that it was there all along but we forgot about it you know and i, I often have students take a class and go this feels familiar like when i was little and i would sit with my cat and i would feel this overwhelming sense of love and peace and i'm feeling that again and i haven't felt that since i was young like i just like boarded myself up and and so i think like for me too animals brought me that peace and that love when anxiety took it away so much in my life but when i was with my cat or my dog or my horse i could feel that again so to me it's like reiki is just one way for us to enhance that and like you said it's a practice so if we never practice it right it's harder and i i see it as i practice this every single day so that when life gets hard i'm ready and you know i back in 2011 i had breast cancer 
And I had been doing Reiki at that time for what, 13 years. And I'm so grateful to my practice because it helped me and the animals presence and my meditation is really what got me through that very difficult, scary journey. And I thought, Oh, what do people do who don't have Reiki? Like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know? So oh, I always say, you know, they white knuckle it and yes, and make war Reiki. with their body. And I, I've always had kind of a, oh, um, yeah. Uh, uh, concern about that. But so I, uh, somebody's popped something in the chat that I did, I was thinking about, and I'm glad okay. she brought it up. Um, have, have they ever, uh, do you know about heart math? Have you ever heard of heart math? I've heard of heart math and I don't know a lot about it, but I think they've done studies with like the, the energy fields of horses and how um, horses and humans affect each other when they're together and stuff like and that. They, and they talk about heart coherence. I would be so curious to to uh as an experiment because i'm a scientist right um that i i'm 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 convinced that when you're in your doing a reiki session you are in that place of heart math heart coherence because again there's these you know there's lots of different ways in and heart math is simply a biofeedback system so that it tells us yeah we're in that place of coherence with our heart um, linda talks linda tellington jones talks about heart hugs and so you know it's it's so interesting because when we look at all these different uh, concepts, methods, and systems, you know, you can't get away from the basic principles that are rooted in our being. Yes, um, yes. It's nothing separate from us. It's nothing woo-woo or wild or crazy. I often say it's like coming home, coming home to yourself, remembering yourself, remembering you so that you probably have lost since you were a child, maybe. You know, and so that's so beautiful. It's so, it's so simple. So did you start working on animals right away when you discovered Reiki? I, I'm Acc sure. Accidentally, yes. Like when I learned Reiki and I learned this hands-on healing for when I felt anxious, which was daily. So I would sit down and I would do my practice. And my dog, who, he was an Australian Shepherd mix. And he was always like at my ankle, but respectful distance. He, you know, he was always three to five feet from me and always followed me around and at my ankle. Right. But I would be sitting on the couch, you know, doing Reiki and he would come and lay on top of my feet, like in a weird, like un uncomfortable way. Like, and I, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like the first couple of times I kind of chuckled and I just kept doing my session. And then like the third day it, it dawned on me. I think he's like feeling Reiki and he's, he's like resonating with it. So I sat down and I put my hands on him and he rolled on his side and went, Oh, finally, mom, God, you know? And I was like, there was two things that happened in that moment. I realized number one, wow, animals respond to Reiki just like people do. That's amazing. But the second thing was, how did he know what it was already? Cause I, I wasn't intending to, to do anything to him. He already like figured it out and was like, basking in the space without you know without my knowledge so that is something that you know brought to me brought me on that journey of letting animals lead us because they do totally get this beautiful open-hearted peaceful space oh, how I, I got very i don't know my i have never had this kind of funny glow in my picture i don't know if you're seeing it but i look it's like a great bright light and I turned off my light to see if that was it, but I still have it. So, so maybe I'm just projecting the energy because yes. I, I, I look like I have a little foggy cloud around me. Um, so, 
<laughs> okay, so you started working with your dog, who obviously showed you what you were supposed to be doing, and I just love that. And then, of course, you must have gone right out to your horse after your dog showed you, right? Yes, absolutely. And I had a really interesting, one of the first sessions that I ever had was with a horse that I was sponsoring. He was an older horse. He was in his early 20s, and we just would go out on the trail, you know, up in the Oakland Hills. We'd just go out bareback, and he, I didn't know the trails, but he did, so he took me. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going today? Sometimes it was longer, sometimes it was shorter. He always brought me home. You know, it was a great, a great experience. So I thought, oh, I wonder what he thinks about Reiki. So after I rode him out on the trail and he's eating his dinner, I went in um, to his stall and I just sort of stood with him and um, he came over and I put my hands on his, I, if horses come to you, then you can touch them. So I put my hands on his shoulder and he got very quiet. And then he had this strange episode where he, his body shook like this, and then he lifted up his hind leg and he held it in the air. And then after a few minutes, I just stayed with him. He put his leg down and he went, <sighs> and then he went over in the corner and went to sleep. And I was like, what just happened? Like, I don't even get what happened. So I found his, his owner, his person. And I'm like, I told her about, it. I said, do you know, why he would hold up his leg and what's going on. And she goes, Oh my God. She said, you know, she had adopted him, but before she had him, he had, he was out on this property, just wild kind of, and he had gotten stuck in a barbed wire fence, wow. that leg wrapped around that leg. And he had stood for like two days with the leg up wow. until someone found him. Wow. And they, they thought they were going to have to put him down. They didn't think that he would ever be, you know, able to, to stand or walk, much less be ridden. But he, he's like, he was an Arab, so total survivor, right? And so he, he got better. He got well. And, you know, the next time I saw him, I looked and I could see like little tiny scars all around that leg, which I had never noticed before. So it was interesting to me, like from the very beginning, I thought, wow, Ricky is, is not just about being peaceful in this moment, but it reaches deeper than that into those, those places that we may have forgotten, pushed down, repressed that need to heal that are, you know, if we're ready to heal. So I thought that was just so fascinating. And then, you know, just every experience with the dogs in the shelter and everything is just more and more just, I was just like so amazed and you so know, what took you into a shelter? I mean, because it sounds like that would be a pretty anxious place for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I love animals, and um, my dog Dakota at the time, my my soul dog, he was from a shelter um, actually in Sacramento. And at the time when I got him, they actually um, they sold their dogs to Davis Dog Lab oh. at the time. And so when my friend and I went in just to see if there were anything cute puppies, you know, and um, they had a big sign saying, warning, you know, these dogs sold, sold to Davis Dog Lab, so you wouldn't drop off your dog and not know what's going to happen. And so I'm like, how long do you keep them? And they're like, oh, like 48 hours. And I'm like, oh, so I told my roommate at the time, I'm like, well, I hope there's something cute because we have to get one now, you know, so I ended up, you know, getting him. It was like on his last day and he was a cute little 13 week old. Aussie mix, just adorable. And he ended up being my soul dog. But I always thought about all those dogs that didn't, weren't as lucky as him and how amazing he was. And they never got the chance. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so 
so when I um, eventually, um, that was when I was in school, getting my teaching credential, and then I moved to San Francisco and got a job teaching in the public schools. I immediately was like, okay, where's the city shelter? I want to start walking dogs. Like, I want to take them out of there. You know, it was just part of like giving back because I was so grateful for the shelter dog I had discovered accidentally and here was such a big part of my life but I was already doing that and then I learned Reiki and so it was like oh well here's something I wonder what would happen if after I walk the dogs if I sit with them and do Reiki and I saw so many amazing just experiences just peacefulness and stress relief and um, just I mean even dogs that were like unadoptable getting adopted like shortly after a oh, session. Oh how cool. So it was it just became and then I was like eventually, you know, several years later, I was like, oh, you know, I want to teach everyone to do this in shelters so that we can get more dogs adopted and more cats adopted. And you know, there's so much compassion fatigue with the staff. We can relieve yeah. that. Like there was just so much that it could do to help. So that's where my nonprofit kind of came from. How cool. So, and, um, and so with your nonprofit, tell us a little bit about that. What, what, how does that, do you have other people working with you or how's that going? So we have about, we have about 200 members around the world, mostly in the United States, but we also have Canada. We have Europe and the UK um, members. We have a couple members in Japan and, um, you know, kind of Australia, kind of around the world. I know how that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's we're all we all find each other through this great online technology, right? It's so yeah. wonderful. Everyone in my nonprofit is a volunteer. What we all have in common is we've all been trained in the let animals lead method. So this particular brand of animal reiki, where we let animals lead and we don't focus on touch, and we have particular ways that we that we do this work, um, and then each of the members in their community go into the shelters or um, sanctuaries. We have a lot of um, people that work in like wild animal um, sanctuaries or um, farm animal sanctuaries and so on. And they but offer not just dogs, right? All every, every species, tigers, bears, um, you know, cows and pigs, like every, everything, birds, you know, um, so they go in, in their world, in their neighborhood, they go in and they volunteer a couple times a week and just offer Reiki in their shelters. And they also offer training to the staff and volunteers. And sometimes it's a formal Reiki certification class. Sometimes it's just, um, you know, a meditation class, or like we have a class called self-care for animal caregivers, where it's just really about oh, taking a moment for yourself as a shelter staff, um, person and you know you've gone through a really tough day and here's how we can kind of give ourselves some some yeah, TLC. It's be very stressful. Yeah so so anyway so we all so we have um, really a variety of the, the foundation or, or my, my, my 501c3 that we have what we provide is educational materials outreach materials and training for everyone to go out and independently create these relationships and support in their communities all over the world. So do you also work with um, horse rescues and do? Yes. In fact, I have a couple of videos of um, some Reiki at horse rescues if you'd like to see. Oh yeah, them. let's do it. Ready? Ready I still to watch? figure out why I'm looking so um, auric. <laughs> <laughs> You're just in the Reiki space, that's all. Yes, so. <laughs> okay, so let's see. Let me, let's start with this one. I love this one. So this 
let me set it up because it's only 30 seconds long. So let okay. me explain it first. So the first video I'm going to show you is from Remus Memorial Horse Sanctuary, one of my favorite places on the planet. It's in England. It is out about an hour outside of London. They have um, over 200 animals, mostly horses, but they also have donkeys. I have a donkey video I can show oh, you great. as well. And they have tiny little ponies. So three of the videos I have today for you guys is from Remus. And they take in the most traumatized, abused, neglected horses in, in, the, in the area, in the London area. And they have really bad um, laws and the things that are going on right now. Um, she's been doing this for 30 years. She said it's the worst for horses right now that it has ever been. Mm -hmm. So they take the ones that, that no one else will. And some of them don't make it. Many of them do. They have uh, probably a dozen or more horses in their 40s. And they've had two horses in their 50s. So their, oh, wow. their specialty is senior elder care of horses. Um, so what I love is they have these huge big pastures and when the horses heal, then they're let out with their particular, they, they match them to the group that is good for them. And so they basically just live wild, wild on these big, huge, beautiful uh, English countryside um, pastures. So the first video I'm gonna show you from Remus was during a class and I brought us into one of the pastures and we just made a circle and we just started meditating. The horses were just off in the distance and the horses actually came over to be a part of our healing meditation circle. And really the way we work is to let animals decide. So they decide how close and what they're gonna do and how they're gonna connect and we just hold space. So I think in this video, you'll be able to really, um, I guess you'll have to allow me to screen share and then I Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't set you up as co, that was one of the things I usually do when we are- No um, problem. In that little moment beforehand. <laughs> so. Okay. Here we go. So we're all just there meditating and the horses literally came. And you can see they're meditating with us. And there's no need for us to try to chase after the horses. We're just literally we're focusing on our meditation. We're holding space. That's so interesting because he's just rubbing his nose, that one horse, isn't he? Mm -hmm. It's, um, he's not actually, actually trying to eat anything. So I, I, I have to say, this is, again, the so interesting connections because I'm not sure if you're familiar with Sharon Wilsey's Horse Speak. Have you heard of no. her? Mm -mm. So Sharon Wilsey is, she's written something called Horse Speak and she decodes and encodes horse body language. But the piece that is, was so striking to me is she talks about O posture. And all of your people were in what she calls O posture with their hands just cupped one and the other and making an O with their arms. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think you'll really enjoy it when you look at that because what I find with Sharon is we do these things innately and then she comes back and says, and this is why it goes like this and this and this, but it, you know, everybody's in this beautiful O posture. So and in, in Reiki, we work, one of the meditations, the meditation we were doing in that moment was with the Hara. And the Hara is, um, in Japanese means belly. And it's really your lower belly, your center, your physical center. And so you visualize the breath coming in all the way to the Hara and then coming out and expanding. And so you put your hands on the Hara to help you to create that centered 
kind of grounded, visualized breath. And so that's why you saw us. And so we often have that. But it's so awesome because it just, again, what I keep seeing is that we, that, you know, I talk to all these different people and the more I talk to all these different people, the more we keep coming to the same uh, space, not the same place. We all have our own little different um, sort of, I think of it as everybody has ice cream and some people like vanilla and chocolate or strawberry, but there, you can't escape the commonalities. Well, it's different doors into the same room, right? Exactly. And so when I see that, it's like, oh, there it is again. I recognize that. It's a different door. Oh, but that's it's, beautiful. It's the same I thing. And so that was, I don't know, if you want to play the video again, I think that'd be great. Or I have another one. Oh, cool. Okay. So let me show you the next one. So this is one of the ponies. They have um, a pasture with these tiny little ponies. They're very kind of standoffish, um, but not when we do Reiki. So this was something I caught during um, one, of the, one of the classes um, when I just looked around and saw a student. And this pony had come up to her and they were just in love. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And I love the way the wind's blowing their hair together too. <laughs> just everything. Yes. <laughs> they both have the same hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> so um, sometimes um, animals, I, I want to show you this next video um, also at Remus as um, one of their donkeys. And donkeys are very like physical creatures and they love touch with Reiki. So we only use touch. We'll just stand in meditation unless the, the horse or the animal, any animal comes over and wants touch. And they're very clear about what they want. Um, and so um, I thought this was so cute. My student trying to respond as the donkey is very like forcefully saying, I want Reiki here. I want Reiki here. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. So this is a really cute one as well. I've turned it on mute because the wind is really loud. Yeah, you can see it's quite a blowy day. So. Often like that in England. Oh, he's so cute. Look at him. He's so grooving on what she's doing there. Totally. Yeah. Just so tuned in. And, you know, this woman, she has, no, she's never been around donkeys. She has no idea. And so we just learn in the classes, you just respond to what they're showing you. And you're just holding space. And you're just. He's so specific, like isn't he? Yes. Well, and, and again, you know, watching this video, the eye blinks that we, we know are associated with, with calming and parasympathetic, right? There's a lot of eye blinking going on. The, the ears are so carefully listening, um, you know, and just that, that just sweet way that he turns his head into her and there, those eye blinks are just, it's so fascinating. Such a beautiful boy, huh? Yeah, he is. It's really cute. And donkeys can be um, very strong in their personality. Like someone watching that, I, I've been around donkeys and he, he's so careful there. Yeah, which is not always the case because one year I went in and I was doing Reiki with the donkeys and the, the alpha donkey decided that I was his Reiki person and no one else could have any. And he, he, he like chased everyone else to the other side of the field and he cornered me. And he's like, you're staying here and you're doing Reiki. And he didn't come into me or anything. He just stood there and he's like, go. 
<laughs> this is so classic. And I think I have, I have two more that I can oh, show you. Awesome. So this is, um, this is at Bright Haven um, Sanctuary, which is a sanctuary I taught at for over 13 years here in Northern California. Unfortunately, it's closed now, but um, oh. this, this was one of the um, horse, horses, Mocha, um, who was, she just loves Reiki so much and she's so um, receptive to it. And you'll see how she responds. And she's actually missing an eye, but she shows so much trust in that Reiki space, just really being there. And you can see she's like grazing. We just let animals kind of come into the space, come out of the space. We just hold the space. And whatever they want to do within that is perfect. And again, the focus here would be for the practitioner, the focus would just be meditation and the meditation just letting go into that open-hearted, compassionate, peaceful space and just being with them in that moment. Yes, so um, it's so definite how she's uh, going to each hand and it, it doesn't look like food seeking at all but connecting like mm -hmm. she made a connection to each hand very specifically i had a beautiful experience at um at bright haven uh where um there was a, a horse that they'd rescued from the mexican rodeo and i don't know if you know anything about no, no, it's, no. Yep. it's a terrible place so they there were two horses that were brought in and they were so terrified that they had to get them out of the trailer into the pasture. They had to park a line of cars and then open the gates and then open the trailer. And they just shot out into the back of the pasture and they, they would not come anywhere close to people. If they would see us come out, they would shoot to the opposite way opposite side. Just, just hate people terrified. Well, over time, they learned that, oh, people bring food and, and they're nice and nobody's asking anything of us. They're just letting us be. So they, they gained more trust, but they were still, I would say they would stay 50 feet away at least. When we would go in and do Reiki with the horses, they, they would just kind of watch, but from a distance. So one morning before class, when I was out there, um, I went out there and Mocha, the paint that I just was showing you, um, she was out there near one of the um, white horses named, named Ariel, a gray. Um, horse, um, Ariel, who was out there, one of the rescued horses, and they were kind of close. And so I went and I stood and I just started doing my meditation at the fence. I didn't go inside. I was at the fence. And Ariel was just staring at me, just looking at me, just like almost reaching her nose towards me. And she was so tuned in and Mocha was grazing and Mocha looked up and she saw Ariel looking at me. She looked at Ariel, she looked at me and she came over very purposefully and she walked to the fence and stood right next to me at the fence line. And so Ariel saw her there like between me and her and she came closer and came closer and came closer. When she was about 10 feet away from the fence, Mocha very slowly walked away, leaving it just me and her oh, 10 cool. feet away and just stood there. And I, I just very gently placed my, my hands like this inside, like resting on the fence and just my hands inside the fence. And she looked at me 
And we just stayed there for a long time. And then she very slowly walked towards me and put her nose into my hand. And she, when, she, when it touched, she went like it was no. like an electric shock. And then she went, wait. And she looked around and Mocha was still standing <laughs> close. And she's like, and, and it's okay. And then she just rested her muzzle. And, and that, that moment where she sought contact and kept it and we held that space was like, oh, I was just in tears. You know, I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe that she's trusting me like this. And for me, like Reiki creates those possibilities for traumatized animals to, to trust again, because we don't ask anything from them. We don't force anything on them. And we're, we're radiating this, this peacefulness and love, just like embodiment of love and loving kindness and compassion. And it's like they can't resist it is kind of how it feels. It's really beautiful. I think they're so designed to, to resonate with it. I think that, you know, when, when you have herd animals, there's, there's probably a resonant field that surrounds the herd. Um, and so that would be, you know, I, I don't know that anybody has ever looked at that, but it just made me think about it. That, you know, when you start to chain certain uh, motors and things together, they entrain and that, the whole system starts taking on a red, oh, you know, women, that happens all the time in, uh, with their cycle. But that, that resonance, and you know, the other thought I just had was that I think people probably move too fast. I think that that, you know, we move fast, not that they don't move fast when they need to move, but we move fast in sort of an erratic way. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's you know, true. Like we talk with our hands, those would be on the ground. And our mind, just think about our thoughts in our mind. The energy in our mind is like, blah, 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 thinking about all these things. And I believe they sense what's oh, inside our mind so especially oh, yeah. if reiki creates like um you know the surface of a pond where it's mm -hmm. still and you can see you know all the clouds and in the in the reflection and it's still to me that's when you practice reiki your mind goes from this to this and you just feel that glass surface and it's just it just quiets everything it's and i think animals just go <sighs> <At last. laughs> you know, you have some big fans out there. Um, uh, Hula, Hula, is it Hula Horn? Um, and Barb Heck was saying that uh, you explained to her years ago why her German Shepherd would not accept her hands on her, uh, her Barb's hands on the German Shepherd. Too much energy. But she would uh, place herself behind me and sit back to back. Mm -hmm. Which is really interesting. And, there, and we do, you know, I, uh, in riding I have... I can remember uh, some of my friends used to say, oh, I have electric butt, you know, and I make all the horses kind of electric and other people would go, oh, I, all the horses I ride, calm down. And I think we, we do each have our resonance. Um, you know, like I'm not everybody's cup of tea because I talk fast. I've been told that for years and years and years. <laughs> like, this is how I talk, get over it, right? <laughs> um, but we do have our own resonance and, and within that we're tunable. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, you know, Reiki sounds like it's a, a, it's a really great practice to help us kind of get into that more peaceful place. And the beauty of it is you get to see the responses in the animals. And that's why I love the animals, because they're so pure in their responses. There's no, you know, pretending um, I'm going to do this because I think this is what you like. That just doesn't happen. Exactly. Right. And, that's, and, and also they will tell you if they don't like your energy. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so it's, it's really clear if you go in to do Reiki and you're all upset and emotional about something and you're not even 
focused or present and they'll just look at you like are you are you kidding and they'll just leave yeah exactly oh oh shoot i i wasn't you know in a good space i've got to like calm myself down and so you know it, we could go into like a human like yoga class or something and we could be like all namaste but inside we might be all over the place nobody knows right animals know our physical posture can be perfect but if if inside it's all like jumbled and just out of balance and out of whack they'll show us and so it really helps us to get in more balance ourselves to 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 notice when we're out of balance and to and reiki has tools to bring us back to that balance when we get knocked over a little bit i want to share um one more thing with you my book heart to heart with horses some of your viewers might enjoy this it's on amazon okay. and i have a, a ton of stories about horse reiki i have like diagrams and pictures about how to offer sessions i have uh, like a dozen meditations to try with your horse sitting standing walking so heart to heart with horses the equine lovers guide to reiki um i recommend any of you who were watching this who are interested who want to learn more who want to try something right now with your horse you can get it um on uh, as an ebook on amazon or you can get the get the hard copy awesome well kathleen i want to thank you so much for uh joining me today because this is it's been really really interesting and i just love to see all the interconnections i think that that's you know that's that um the, the piece that for me is that it's so interstitial it's so much a part of us in all these different ways that we can express that and this is another very very curious and interesting way and it's just been a pleasure to have you on as my guest today so i want to oh, thank for taking the time to join us and um, everybody who's been with us on the webinar. So her book is Heart to Heart with Horses and she says it's available on Amazon. So check that out. I think that'd be a, a great read for the weekend. Um, and so this and all my other webinars you can find on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. Um, you give me a little bit of time to get these posted, please, about 24 hours or so. Sometimes I'm faster than other times. Um, Today is Tuesday. So tomorrow, my guest is Robert Bowker, Bob Bowker. We finally got him back, I hope. And um, we failed last week because his internet was so bad and it, it's just been a little bit of a struggle, but he's, he's the hoof guru. So please join us tomorrow at four o'clock. Um, then you can go to the murdochmethod.com website to sign up for that webinar. Thank you again for joining me and telling us about Reiki. It's been fascinating and it's been a pleasure to have you as my guest. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful talking to you, Wendy. Yep. And take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.